How do you explain the unexplainable? And when we come to the Lord, that's basically our task, going to all the world, preaching the gospel. But how do you explain something that's just unexplainable? It's so big, it's so awesome, it's just so out of this world. And how do you put it in layman's terms? How do you not, I mean, we've heard this weekend, you know, and we, we all know how wonderful the power of the Holy Ghost is, but I remember before I come to the Lord, what's the Holy Ghost? What are you talking, it's just, I just don't get it. I have this vague memory of being a kid about this big, it's very, very vague. Um, of looking through the, 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 you know, those wood paling fences that separated the houses back then. Looking through a crack into the next door neighbour's house, into their backyard. And you'd make out this, what's that, what's that, what's that aluminium object? You just see a little bit of, I wonder what that is. And you, you think it could be this, it could be that, and you see something else. But it's not until you jump the fence, which is what we used to do back then when we were kids, and you, that's a swimming pool. You have no idea. And this other thing, it, it's a garage. You've got no idea, you cannot comprehend what's there until you jump the fence. And so the, our best efforts, the testimony, we can, we can show you the results. And the best preaching and the best testimonies, we can show you the results of this power. We can show you a little glimpse through the fence. But unless you jump the fence, you've got no idea what's there. It is huge. My father was in hospital the last few weeks and uh, faced, um, he, he went through uh, a triple heart bypass surgery. He'd come out of it all right. But Mr. Courageous here, I'm thinking, how can I, how can I uh, you know, bring the gospel to him? I want to, I want to explain to him how to receive the Holy Spirit. You know? And uh, efforts in the past haven't gone down too well. I've been thrown out of the house and... All sorts of things. And he thought, I was warned by mum, he thought we knew something he didn't know. Therefore he was dying. So to go and say, Dad, have you thought about God? And he's thinking we know something he doesn't know. <laughs> Very awkward. And so Mr. Courageous, he chickened out. So lucky he lived, I can get another chance. Let's start with a scripture. It might help. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 1. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 1 And I, brethren, when I come to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined to know I, didn't, I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. This is the unexplainable, the power of God. The Holy Spirit. And I was thinking what I, wanted to talk, what I wanted to tell my father was, Dad, it's me, your son. You know what I... I'll explain what I was like. I was this mad gambler. We heard testimony last night. But I, I didn't think I had an addiction. I loved it. I breathed it. It was my entire life. You know, in hindsight, it wrecked my life. But I didn't know it at the time. It was my passion, it was my life, it was my hobby. 
I bet on every, all the greyhounds, the trots, and the horse racing I'm talking about, nothing else. And I bet on every race, at every race meeting, every day and every night. And when I wasn't betting, I was studying them and I was learning, I lived it, I breathed it, it was me. The only other thing I had a passion for like that in my life was rugby league. I gave up on so many things when I was a young fellow to play rugby league. And you know what? I gave up rugby league because Wednesday night on training night, bull-eyed dogs were on. <laughs> wow, how pathetic. But gambling was my life. I loved it. And as I was trying to you know, think how I'd explain that, you knew what I was like. And the simple fact is, I'm not just... You just... When I came to the Lord, I got baptised, my full immersion. I received the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues. I didn't like gambling anymore. That just does not happen. You know, I was trying to think, how do you explain it? Like, Dad, sorry for the, for, the, for the lingo, but I was like, Dad, you know I'm not some fruit loop that's just walked off off the street. You know me. You know what I was like. And I'm not, you know, you just don't give up gambling. You just don't change the way you are. And we've heard people who, you know, with drug addictions and all sorts of things this week, weekend. You just don't change over someone telling you some words. Or over, or the, they're nice people. It's nice that they're nice people, but it's not enough to make you change. Something real, something powerful, something out of this world has to happen. And I was just thinking with addictions there last night. You see, you're addicted to something, um, and you can be addicted to something you don't like and can't get off it, but somewhere down deep, you like it. You have a desire for it. I had a desire for gambling. I didn't think I had a problem. But when you come to, to the Lord, He changes the desires of your heart. And when you don't have a desire for something, you don't have any temptation for it. You know, if you don't like, if you, if you don't have a desire for something, you think you think about something in your life. I was just thinking, you know, the drug addicts, the ex-drug addicts last night. I think you could, I don't even know what the terminology. You could chuck a block of heroin down. <laughs> my wife, my wife used to pack me sandwiches to work in and wrap it in foil, and so it was like this square, square foil block. And there was a fellow at work. His eyes would just light up. <laughs> So I got some inkling. <laughs> he, he actually comes to the Lord. You can drop that in front of me. There's no desire for it. There's no temptation. You might as well drop a, a, a house brick in front of me. There's, see, if you don't desire something, then there's no temptation. Jesus Christ will change the desires of your heart. So there's a power. It's not, you know, everything's lovely. The, the songs and the words, and they're all designed to give you that, just that glimpse through the fence. But you've got to jump the fence. Unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. To see is to understand, to comprehend. Unless you jump the fence, you can't. You've got no chance of seeing. But hopefully you, your faith would be stirred up enough to make that move. You know, we hear a lot about speaking in tongues. You know, in Acts chapter 2, we're not going to go there. And on the day of Pentecost, people received the Holy Spirit, began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. But the thing is, you know, people, the noise spread around. There's about 120 people, including Mary, the mother of Jesus. She was there. She spoke in tongues. 
So there's these 120 people. And so the, the noise spread around. People started running around town. And they had all different aversion, ideas of it. Quick, come, look at these lunatics. They're doing something up there in the temple. So look, there's a bunch of drunk people doing weird stuff over there. Somebody, and, some, and I was wondering, something amazing's happening up in the temple. All these different things. And when they gathered around, Peter, they, someone said, what meaneth this? What meaneth this? The only thing they knew about this stage was speaking in tongues. What means speaking in tongues? And Peter stood up and said, this is that. Which was prophesied by the prophet Joel. Is God pouring out his Holy Spirit. In any business transaction, in anything in life, you want proof. You want evidence. You want confirmation. If you're going to buy a business, you want to make sure it's, it's making, you want to see the books. You want proof. You want confirmation. Peter basically got up and said, this is the confirmation. This is the evidence. This is the proof that God is pouring out his Holy Spirit. You know, the prophet Joel there, he went on, you know, and the, you know but he finished, he finished with, and so shall all that call on the name of the Lord be saved. Linking it to that very experience of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I uh, heard somewhere through the week, uh, if your if you're this has got no that, you've got no this. If your this has got no that, you've got no this. And the this was the speaking in tongues. That's what they asked about. And the speaking in tongues is that, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Because of that is the Holy Spirit. And you've got no this to show us you've got that, then you ain't got that. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> you work that out later. There is confirmation. If you've got the confirmation, if you've got this, if you've got the speaking in tongues, it shows you've got that, the Holy Spirit. And if you haven't got this, how's anybody else? How do you know? And how's anybody else know that you've got that? The Holy Spirit. There is evidence. There is confirmation. There is proof. And, the, and, and you know, I've, I've talked about speaking in tongues. I'm talking about the evidence. It's like talking, it's like explaining the planet Earth. But the Holy Spirit is like trying to explain the, the universe. There is so much more. When you come to the Lord, you become, uh, it says you, you're now partakers of a heavenly calling. You ever want to say, oh, you've missed your calling? Mate, this is a calling you don't want to miss. It, can there be any, just think about it, can there be any higher calling than a heavenly calling? That's as high as it gets. It says we become partakers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's more than just coming along and feeling good. We get changed, we get saved, but then there's a journey. We become ambassadors for Jesus Christ. It says he gives us life and that more abundantly. People automatically think, oh, more money. I think that's what abundant life. You think God cares about a, a bit of paper with somebody else's picture on it? It's more than that. That life, that, that word life, if you look it up, it's a, it's a more active life, a more vigorous life, a life full of purpose. That's because you're now a partaker of the heavenly calling. And the abundance, you think, you think money's, money's abundance? God, can you buy the peace of God? Can you buy a sound mind? Can you buy healing? Can you buy all the blessings that God's got? That's the abundant life. Just living the Christian life. Acts chapter 8. This is about the Ethiopian eunuch, verse 26. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Rise and go toward the south, unto the way that goeth down to Jerusalem from Gaza, which is in the desert, and he rose, and he went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority, under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her, all her treasure, 
they had come down to Jerusalem for to worship and was returning, sitting on his chariot, and he was reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. So Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I, except some man should guide me? And he decided, Philip, that he would come up and sit with him. And the place of the scripture which he had read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and like a lamb dumb before his shearer, so opened not his mouth. And in his humiliation his judgment was taken away. And who shall declare this generation, for his life is taken from him? And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaks the prophet this, of himself or some other man? And then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus Christ. Now in that prayer, it doesn't tell you what he preached, but look at this eunuch's next, very next words. As they went on their way, they came to a certain water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What does hinder me to be baptized? Well, somewhere he got the idea he had to be baptized, didn't he? And our sister, our sister, first sister's testimony there about that first church where she had to go through this long drawn out whatever process to get baptized. You've got to be kidding me. Here's the process, the very next verse. Because this guy just asked a question. What stops me from being baptized? Verse 37, and Philip said, If you believe with all thine heart, thou mayest. And I, and I love the Ethiopian's answer. He answered, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That's it. If you're sitting in your seat, if you're brand new today, and in here you're being prompted... If you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, your next step is to jump the fence. Your next step is when the chance comes to say, is to come out and get baptized. Because in that next verse, as soon as he said that, they commanded that the chariot stand still. And they went down both into the water. And Philip baptized him. I don't care what journey you're on now. I don't care how rich you are, how poor you are. The Lord doesn't care. You might be thinking, oh, you don't know how bad I am. It doesn't matter. You might be sitting there, well, I'm pretty good. Well, the Lord can fix delusional people too. <laughs> it's, come forward. If you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, when that opportunity comes later, come forward. Jump that fence and just see what's waiting for you. Amen?